back to the Ales and Tales podcast. I am Mike Matrio. With me are my co-hosts and brew buddies, Ben Breer. Hey. And Anonymous Andy. Welcome back. And we are now going to dive into something a little different. I've never heard of, seen, witnessed anything by this brewing company before. It is called Scofflaw Brewing Company. And it says Pog Basement India Pale Ale. It's, uh, it says, meet Basement's outgoing little brother. I didn't know they had an older brother. So anyway. I believe Basement is their flagship. Okay. Uh, it says, a little less business, a lot more party. Uh, we add in passion fruit, orange, and guava for a big-ass tropical kick, taking you out of the basement and straight to the islands. Oh, yes, Straight man. to the islands. Right island, near man. the beach, boy. All right. So... First off, I think we were looking up what Scofflaw was, Ben. So, you're going to make me get back, man. I told you you could read that. <laughs> well, I was reading the rest of it, too. Well, it should be a lot to read. So, all right. Put on your listening ears, folks. Scofflaw, and I assume we're pronouncing this correctly, is a person who flouts the law, especially by failing to comply with a law that is difficult to enforce effectively. 1924, a wealthy Massachusetts prohibitionist named... Delsevere King sponsored a contest in which he asked participants to coin an appropriate word to mean a lawless drinker. King sought the word that would cast violators of prohibition laws in a light of shame. Shame! Two respondents came up independently with the winning word, scofflaw, formed by combining the verb scoff and the noun law. Henry Dale and Kate Butler, also of Massachusetts, split King's $200 prize. And probably, despite some early scoffing, from language critics, Scofflaw managed to pick up steam in English and expand to a meeting that went beyond its prohibition roots, referring to one who violates any law, not just laws related to drink. Interesting. And they're they, off at that law. Oh. So, uh, much, yeah. so Anonymous Andy here picked this one up. I had never seen this beer. Uh, looks like they're out of Atlanta. I'm not sure if that was mentioned before. I uh, wanted to try something that I've just never seen uh, away from the regional beers that are offered. So, I am a big Seinfeld fan, and to be honest with you, I only bought this beer because of the Scofflaw episode on Seinfeld. Um, If anyone who's not familiar, everyone I'm going to assume is familiar with Seinfeld. If you're not familiar with the Scofflaw episode, everyone is aware of Newman, correct? The little man that Jerry hates. Newman! So apparently, there was a Scofflaw in New York City. He was the white whale of the, 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 the police officers or the cops in New York City. They kept ticketing his car, but he kept getting away. He was known as the Scofflaw. We didn't learn until later in the episode that it was actually Newman. And then he <laughs> called him the great white whale, the one that kept getting away. He was basically had like 20 years of parking tickets. Double parked, got a ticket, but as soon as, you know, he's able to try to arrest him, boom, got away. Um, so I saw that and I was like, God, I kind of do it. I've got no <laughs> idea what it, what it could taste like. It could be fantastic. It could be terrible. I'm sure it's great because it's beer uh it's an ipa and it's right up my alley but um that was what drew to me so the package is very um it seems like very i don't know if you want to call it environmentally friendly it seems like it's a recycled package it's basically all cardboard with almost like a screen printing like you would screen print a Mm t-shirt uh onto the package and we waited to open up the package because i had no idea what the can looked like and uh, if you're cool with me carrying this out, I mean, just to describe the can, similar kind of theme. It's very uh, industrial looking. Um, st- like I said, stamp as far as like the, the screen printing. It's very much like that. And um, yeah, line extension of what I believe is their flagship basement IPA. 
Um, kind of like anti-flag looking, if there's any punk fans out there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely uh, get a little bit of that, don't you? So, yeah, so it seems like it's a very independent company. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many barrels they brew a year. I don't know how large they are. Uh, I'm assuming they're independent. I don't see the stamp on the can, which a lot of companies are doing. Can 12919 is all it says. Oh, uh, yeah. Cool. So... Yeah, so that's the package, and that's why I bought yeah. it, due to the scofflaw story. All right. Well, it looks like they got a pretty interesting story, the idea for the, the brewery. I mean, it kind of started off in 2015, I think in his mom's basement. Um, well, there you go. Since it was, it was the a, basement pond, Yeah, there's a lot to read. Uh, so pretty much this guy left uh, uh, Wall Street. Um, Is similar there, there's to, a Wall Street in Atlanta? No, I think he was in Wall Street. He was a former Wall Street executive. Um Matt Shariah, I don't know if I'm saying that right or not, S-H-I-R-A-H, and Brewmaster Travis Herman. Shariah, former Wall Street executive, left a corporate career in New York to pursue his passion for craft beer in Atlanta. Herman's background in microbiology initially led to a career in pharmaceuticals, ultimately did the same. Um, so he, he actually, the head brewer, brewed for Lost Abbey and Russian River out in California, which are, for anyone that's not aware, two of the most... Uh, Notorious, that's not the right word, but notorious breweries out there. I mean, if you ever heard of Pliny the Elder, mm-hmm. um, that's Russian River. They've, known, they've always been known for just doing exceptionally high-quality uh, beer. Um, they started off uh, in pretty much in the basement with um, five one-barrel fermentation tanks, uh, glycol, glycol, I can't speak today, cooler, and a home-built temperature monitoring system, and a 12-foot-tall freestanding gravity system built by Herman himself. Um, within two years, they moved to 18,000 square foot brewery on Atlanta's west side. Um, originally had a capacity of 6,500 barrels and doubled, ranking as one of the fastest first year expansions in craft brewing history. So they've been taking off since 2015, apparently. Um, getting uh, world renowned. Uh, they were even uh, rated as one of the ten uh, top 10 new breweries in the world by Rate Beer. Dang, um, cool. Maybe we have a one. Which is, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, fan run more or less. Is people mm-hmm. sitting up there, you know, great beer and beer advocate or, you know, putting up their own rating that people rating the beer. And so if, if the people like it, then it's generally pretty good. Um, so cool room. I'm excited to, a uh, cool story. I'm excited to try this out and see what we think. Well, you know, all things considered, for a pharmaceuticals guy starting off in the basement, it could have gone a whole lot of different directions, and they, you know, it could be math. So right, you know, little, all things considered, all things considered. So <laughs> being, glad we went beer white, beer direction. <laughs> right, and then you got a Wall Street guy. So being from New York, I have a hard time believing he's not a Seinfeld fan. So I'm just going to tell myself that this is based off of the Scofflaw episode. Um, lastly, which uh, to tie into the Scofflaw theme, I did go to their website, which they have a beer finder, which most craft beer companies do. Typed in my zip code. Guess what? No results. So we may be the Scofflaw for the evening. Hey, hey. Drinking beer we should not be drinking. <laughs> we so are cheers. the Scofflaws of the Scofflaw. I dig it. Cheers to that, huh? I'm going to open up the can. Okay, so they definitely don't take themselves too serious as far as the art and everything else on the can. I dig it. It's a goat, and it's a very cartoony drawn. I like the, it says, uh, Island Time stowed away in a can. And then there's the recycling logo, and it just says this shit underneath it. So recycle this shit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So it looks like, yeah, the basement, their flagship was just a dank and juicy India pale ale with a bunch of citra hops in it. And I believe this one said it added guava and what else? Orange. Orange and... Uh, papaya? Passion fruit. Passion fruit, orange, okay. guava, hence the pog. Okay, which is funny because 
as far as I'm concerned, most modern IPAs taste like they've got passion fruit and, and papaya in them. So yeah. you got an eye roll out of this me. Song. Yeah. Yeah. Poured kind of a... I'm bad at describing colors, okay. It's hazy. It's, it's hazy. It's got a lot of sediment in it. Yeah, it a does. lot of sediments. Wow. Yeah, it does. Like, it, it's pretty sure it's unfiltered. It's Almost kind of like, funny. It's like an upside-down Plinko. I'm watching the bubbles bounce around between the sediment mm-hmm. on their way up. I, I smell the citra hops. It looks like it's brewed in a basement. A little bit of the orange juice <laughs> and lava. There you go. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, uh, the scent is great. This is I would want this in, like, a frou-frou candle. The, the head kind of boiled down quickly to maybe a... Never heard of the word frou-frou. Quarter inch. Frou-frou candle? Yeah, like, you know, they're like, uh, it's hoity-toity kind of... Right, like, like uh, what's that company who Pretty charges early. about $90 for a bread maker? Yeah, that bullshit. A William, William and Sonoma? Yeah. yeah. Dude, I saw, this is completely left field, I saw a wall-mounted can opener the other day that was like 150 bucks for oh. a can opener. Who the hell? I don't know. Buy that. <laughs> oh, well. Whatever. Uh, the head's dissipating pretty quickly. It's a nice white color. I love the smell. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very tropical and fruity and Caribbean and all that good island stuff. Come on. It's clocking in at 7.5% ABV. I get a lot of the citra hops. I don't get a whole lot of the fruit. Well, I mean, it's there, but it's not as forward as I would have expected. That is way less sweet than the smell. Mm-hmm. The smell is like just sugary fruit. And then you take a sip and it backs it down quite a bit. I like mm-hmm. that. That's a good that's a good contrast. Yeah, it's got kind of a I get almost like a dry hop kick right off front and then it it's kinda of like the almost like the top of my mouth it kinda of like hits. And then kinda of like subsides into that juicy citra, you know, IPA that's, haze goodness. That's a very dry IPA. It did right off, but then I kind of felt that it restored it on the back end. Maybe that's just me. I've only had a sip so far, so. I don't know how much of this I could drink. Like, mm-hmm. right off the bat, the first thing I think of is two cans. I'd probably be all in. I'd be done at that point mm-hmm. in time because that is a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on. That would definitely wear on the tongue. After a, lot of, a lot of high alpha hop. Right. Oh, by the way, this is 7.5% alcohol by volume. I just yeah, saw. just said that. Did you? Yeah, like 20 seconds ago. Seven and a half seconds ago. <laughs> Seven and a half seconds ago. <laughs> yeah, so uh, a compliment to it is that, yeah, it's very, it's clearly unfiltered, but what happens with unfiltered beer mm-hmm. and what can happen doesn't happen with this. It's not too chewy. No. That can happen. Um, so that's a compliment that I've got for it. I do agree with Mike. I mean, if there's three notes of fruit in the name, I mean, put four or five in it, I mean, I, it seems like it's a mouthful yeah. as far as what's going on. It's good, but can be fatiguing, as we all know. But like I said, if you handed this to me and just told me to guess what was in it, I would just, you know, citra hops and maybe maybe Cascade or something a little drier, I would not have picked up that there was actual fruit in here. Um, Is that what it's... Was there actual fruit in this? I mean, it says, it's, you know, uh, passion fruit, orange, and guava. Okay. We add in passion so It doesn't fruit say whether it was actual fruit or adjunct or mm. what it was. So like a uh, like a I would imagine it's actual fruit after the fact, maybe the juice. You know what? I just mm. pretty sure it's brewed with it. Hmm. Okay. So I think we all have something to say. You go ahead, Andy. I know you started. Uh, I got... Yeah, I was gonna say uh, it just hit me now because I'm not a big wheat guy, but it has like if you were to that that orangey wheat that pairs well with it. Mm-hmm. I'm tasting just orange. 
I definitely get orange more than anything else. Yeah, I get a I get a hint of the guava and passion fruit. I always mix up with. I don't eat them enough to really be able to pick them out. You but really I, smell the passion fruit. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that with with listing three fruits, I kind of made a joke, meaning are you gonna make four or five, six, seven fruits? I think that they all probably serve a purpose. Um, I don't know what that purpose is, but my guess would be maybe the passion fruit is for the nose, mm. orange is for the tongue, the guava is hot right now. I mean, it's kind of like antioxidants in the early 2000s, and everyone just wants to put it on with their buy one. It's, it's the new acai. Uh, acai, acai berry. berry. Acai. Yeah. yeah. Acai. <laughs> Possibly. So are we going, are we diving into acai. Or are we still? <laughs> Not yet, right? I, I yeah. have to make a point. No. Okay. So in chemistry, a suspension is that which has particles that are large enough to eventually settle out. Okay. okay, I keep holding this thing up to the light. These particles ain't freaking moving. No, they're... Dude, they are just hanging out. It is... Okay, so if you take snow and you put it in a nice glass, big glass, and you know how it melts, and you can see the smaller particles of the, the snow is at the bottom, the ice, and it works its way up. This is like that through and through. Those particles just stay there, yeah, man. Yeah, just suspended. It's it's like a slurry. Well, it's funny because you would even think like with maybe the bubbles would push them up and mm -hmm. they're just kind of chilling. No, it's a fruit slurry in my glass. I would think that that would be mission accomplished. I've had some beers mainly in the sediment that goes to the bottom. Yeah, and you got to be careful mm -hmm. what type of sediment it is and how mm -hmm. you pour it. There's some you want like, you know, a good wheat beer, like you were just saying, you want to mix in with the last third and dump into the glass to, to really get it out. There's a lot of other ones that you want to carefully pour and leave that last little ounce or two in the bottom of the bottle just to leave the sediment so it doesn't, kind of like with wine, same thing. You know, if, when you, once you, you want to let all the, the sediment and wine settle, and you really don't want to drink it because it's not tasty. Mm. It just seems hard to do. Yeah. Um, and I'm not an expert by any means other than just drinking the stuff. It seems like it'd be hard to get it just floating like... Well, like I imagine if the guy's got a degree in microbiology, he's probably got the math of the beer down pretty well. So as far as figuring out what the specific gravity is going to be, what you know, everything else, it's he probably... Did a couple of test batches and tuned it in to do that. To the math of the beer? I'm sorry. I'm looking yeah. Back to the bag oh, man. Math thing again. Sorry. There's a lot of math that goes into beer. <laughs> got, got, got degrees Play-Doh. You got alpha hops. You got, I don't know, there's a bunch. So it's like the Walter, if Walter White made beer instead <laughs> of math. This is the Atlanta blue right here. Yeah. What do they call it? Well, the song at the end of the show, no spoiler alert, was Baby Blue. Um, but I don't know what they called it in the show. I mean, uh, it was blue it was some, yeah, it was blue ice or I don't know. I want to look at. I just want to watch this more than I want to drink it. I'm just fascinated <laughs> by it. It's like a gelatinous mm -hmm. ooze without, without being gelatinous, right? It it say, drinks uh, it drinks nice and beery, but it just looks like a slurry. Yeah. Put a light underneath it and watch it like a lava lamp. Yeah. yeah. So I gave a little bit more of a hard pour than I did on my first glass and. Got about a half inch ahead out of it that seems to be sticking fairly well. It's a good beer. Yeah, it's good. I, li I like the head on. It's good, frothy. I I'd like to say um, it stands out amongst some of the others flavor-wise, as far as IPAs go. And to me, it, it it's it's good. I'll mm -hmm. say that it's a good beer. Yeah, I like this beer. I would if I if somebody said, "Hey, here's a six pack," I would continue drinking. I, I actually appreciate the balance between the. Dryness and juiciness of the hops. That's one of the reasons I'm not a huge hop head is a lot of times you get those just really dry hops and 
He said it sucks the moisture out, and I can't really do one about a beer and a half. Right. And really, after about a beer, I stop enjoying it. Right. And I'm just trying to finish what's left of the pints. Um, but this is that good balance. I mean, I could do two of these. It's still a little dry for my taste, personally. Um, especially, you know, when you hear the fruit and you hear the citra and the, uh, the you read the description of the basement, and it's supposed to be dank and juicy. And for this one to come off this dry, it's kind of a threw me for a loop, but but I dig it. It's, it's tasty. Yeah, the, the it's smell, a great aroma to it. The smell and the taste definitely are a good contrast. Really, really sweet nose to it, and then you get that more bitter. It's not bitter, but you get the drier. No, I, would, I would classify it as bitter. Okay. The drier, bitter sip of it, and it's like, wow, what, that's a good... You get a little bit of everything. You get the sweet, the, little, the little bitter, glass the sour, the salty. And, and you know what? Hell, I could write this off as healthy because, I mean, hell, there's half of a fruit blended <laughs> in my beer. Um, so we'll just call this a, you know, a, a smoothie, and I'm in. Yeah, it's almost every part of the food pyramid. <laughs> I think, they still use the food pyramid? I think that the whole bread thing and uh, dessert is frowned upon as often as we consume it in America. So I think that it tastes, um, if I want to, we don't really do this, but I, I feel like we should because we, not we, not we should, I'm going to do this. It reminds me of, uh, for a well-known beer that's readily available, if I were to compare it to someone because listening to this in your ears, you're like, you're not going to know what it tastes yeah. like. Perfectly until you really buy it. We're doing our best to describe it. Reminds me of like a New Belgium Citradelic, that tangerine okay. IPA. But this is hazy. It's like a hazy Citradelic by New Belgium. So like the nose and the yeah. taste for me, it's close, but then it's... This is definitely the lighter hazy. spectrum of hazy. Mm -hmm. Man, those particles really do just like sit there. I'm down you, man. It's so weird. Like if you were just to like walk into a room, this beer was sitting there, and you really looked at it, and it hadn't moved, you would think it was like congealed. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, you 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 swirl it around, and you shake it, and everything just stays where it is. Yeah. Um, so it's funny. I'm a huge fan of Citradelic. Mm -hmm. I love that beer in the summertime. I always end up having some of it in the in the fridge just because it's just a good, refreshing, flavorful beer. I'm not going to disagree with you. This is pretty close to that. Uh, it definitely is heavier. Yes, it's a lot more dense. Uh, but it's good. Anybody who would like that, I can't imagine they not like this. If anything, this is, for lack of better words, more adult-like. I believe it's higher ABV. It's mm. thicker tasting, slightly heavier, but on the nose. It's thick. Yeah. I, I would love to know. Um, I, I'm sure there's something out there. Just we're all. I think we're all fascinated with just how this beer sits in the glass. How that happens. Yeah. I mean, I see sediment all the time. It's a little off-putting. Necessary, but a little off-putting. This is perfect. It's been, we've been talking now, I'm going to guess 18 minutes would be my guess. I'm not looking at a clock. And it's just kind of, it's there. It's the, I guess the, the specific gravity of the sediment compared to the beer is just spot on and equal. Yeah. It's, so uh, it just kind of chills there. I like it. I, again, I would drink it. I would, I am drinking it. I would continue to drink it. I would continue to drink this. I do think it would sit a little heavy on the tongue. Again, the, the, the more dense version of the, the other. I could drink a ton of the citradelic and it doesn't phase me. Well, it phases me. Sorry, burps. But this is a lot more dense. I think a few of these, and I'd be like, oh, no, I'm good. Yeah. This is, it's just my tongue is, and my, you mentioned, Ben, the hitting the roof of your mouth, the soft palate. Yeah. I'm definitely noticing that. It definitely is soaking up into the, the soft palate. You can feel it after a while. 
That would wear on a person. Yeah. I, I like this. I don't know if I could, I mean, again, not being an IPA guy, I definitely could not drink three or four of these in one sitting, but it would it would make my taster at the bar. Um, I'm a little disappointed, I guess, by the, you know, it takes you straight to the islands. I don't know if I quite get that. I mean, I get Citra Hops, but I would not say I get island vibe from it. Like Does I it take you to a basement in Atlanta first? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm sitting in the underground. Go ahead, Andy. We yeah. know who the IPA fan is. Yeah, I was gonna. Cr- I, I'm, I'm cracking open a third just because uh, the third can uh, just to pour out here. But so yeah, so my review on this, it's solid. It's good. It's similar to the Citradelics. It's nice. Um, it's a warmer day here in Nashville, so uh, maybe that's curbing my opinion. I think if you want to give a, a, a true <clears throat> full review on this beer, it would be fair to also drink the flagship basement, which we're assuming is the flagship. Um, we don't know, but we're assuming it's the. It looks like it. It seems to be according to their website and the, how much they mentioned the basement and they left the name. You know, the the, the, the basement pog passion fruit orange guava is a line extension. I feel like I would have to see what that one tastes like as well to, to truly give a fair mm-hmm. comparison. You know, if, if I drink that the basement flagship, is it going to have the same interesting? There's <laughs> a little ASMR there. Um, is it going to have the same interesting? Um, Consistency that we keep mentioning, mm-hmm. maybe I'm not sure. I like the beer. Um, it's gonna be hard for me to label it. I'm gonna give a score. It's seven two. You, you seven did, two. Seven two. You All just right. said it. I just had an idea. We need we can do a new uh, podcast or something. We need to do a beer lovers. What is it? ASRM. ASMR. ASMR. I believe. ASMR. Whatever those acronyms are for the weird. Being really quiet. Yeah, basically uh, mobile sound. Do you Audio, not know those sound real? I have no idea. You know what we're talking about, Mike? I have no clue. That's so there are these, like there are these videos on YouTube where it's literally like two hours or 30, whatever it is, of people just like really quiet, making these little sounds. You know, just... Do we have that much free time in our lives nowadays? It's literally just people for like 40 minutes. I guess people usually go to sleep to to relax. I don't know. But some of it to me is like so grating and so irritating. It's like there's these nice, quiet, soft sounds. And you just hear like. And like. What is this? Well, just like every good. weird. Just like every great idea. I mean, it could be done poorly, possibly. True. So I, I don't know what the acronym means or stands for. Um, Look it up. But I've been definitely, um, this is going to be a sidebar, I've definitely been watching similar videos like that long before someone coined the term, whatever really? it means. Mainly, not for that reason that is not people are now watching it. A lot of, think about if you were to watch someone build a home in the wilderness, you know, off the grid, and there's not the stupid, silly HGTV I'm Rebecca. I'm John. We're building a vacation home in the Rockies. And they're talking about everything. It's just watching someone experience it and build it. And the reason why I don't think it's going to come across well, um, Ben uh, swiveled his finger around the glass earlier. I'm trying to make sound. It's super, so it's not that it's just quiet. talent to it, I'm sure. No, it's not. It's, it isn't that. It's, what, it's so low volume. Um, so whenever you make a sound, it is very pronounced. And there's actually, because it's so low in volume and compressed... There's a uh, natural white noise happens there because it's think about uh, like mic noise when it's cranked. Yeah. That, so mm-hmm. the, the the sound of silence actually has a sound. 
So if you were to watch someone cook in a kitchen and not say, I'm putting cilantro and onion and lime, and the, you know, you basically... You the shake. The, the, yeah, you just hear them cooking, and they're like, ding, 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 ding. So because it's so low volume, it's more stimulating. It's supposed to provide a form of comfort and a chilling in your spine. It's just real. Like, we all cook at all home. Right, you know what? Like, let's just dish. go old school and put on the whale sounds or the waves <laughs> crashing across the beach. That's essentially what it is. It's, it's, it's the modern-day YouTube version of the white noise machine. Or it's that, just like that, us, That's what you're saying. Uh, it's very similar. Or it's like us having a beer podcast, not talking about the beer, and all you hear is the opening of the beer, the pouring of the beer, Next the sipping episode. of the beer, and the gulp. <laughs> we'll, have to give, we'll do an ASMR episode of not... Not actually saying a word. It's going to be about three minutes long. <laughs> right. No, we're doing and, it. And people will listen for about 30 seconds. We're just doing it. <laughs> so, yeah. so two things. So apparently there is no such thing as silence. This is interesting. So I was listening to it. There's a, there's huh? a, there's a, right. Oh, we're going down the rabbit hole. Oh, now. this is going to be good. So at least on planet Earth, let's say. There's a young man that recently ended up, uh, he, he travels through the jungle basically by himself, carries a wagon behind him. He was on Joe Rogan recently. Really cool interview. Very young kid. I think he was South African or he's from New Zealand. Anyway, so he said, uh, when I was telling my buddy that I was going to be in a place where there's literally no sound, he said, you're going to find out otherwise. It's... He, was, he said, I was in the middle of the Saharan Desert or something like that, and I was walking, and I stopped. And I kept hearing this humming sound. Mm-hmm. And I realized, oh, that's my body functioning like it was so silent, they could hear his own processes I, in his body. I really want to go. Never done it. Really want to get into a sensory deprivation tank. I've done it a couple of times. Yeah, I almost lost my freaking mind. <laughs> it's so boring. It's first off, it's amazing how loud silence becomes. Yeah, well, I say if you're saying it's boring, from what I've understood, uh, being in that, it's just you and your brain. Mm-hmm. So if you found it boring, you do not want to be left alone with my brain. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, it's about I, as dry I, as dry gets. It's drier, float, it's drier than the hops in this. That's right. There's a float tank uh, place here. Yeah, I know. Um, I, again, we I feel bad. My wife got me a, uh, honey, I hope you're not listening to this, <laughs> got me a like an hour and a half session one year. And I, I had always little, back up. It was just a little piece of paper, and I have no idea what I did with it. I was honestly a little scared, because I've heard that. I've heard, like, you know, you can lose your mind a little bit no. or go crazy or not really go crazy, but I got, you know, read, like, Oh, the first time you do it, they'll take you in and out just to let you, your mind adjust to know you can get out. I'm going, what in the world goes on in this thing? I fell, I fell asleep. Like, what drugs are they <laughs> taking before they got in this that they can't realize they can get out at any time? Yeah, I agree with that. That's a bit excessive. Yeah. you got to have some serious other stuff. That's what happens when you research on the internet. Get a whack job's opinion. So, so I looked it up. ASMR. Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. Sometimes... Autosensory meridian response is a tingling sensation that typically begins on the scalp and moves down the back of the neck and upper spine. A pleasant form of paresthesia. I can't think of any paresthesia that would be pleasant. As far as I don't saying. know what paresthesia is. It has been compared with auditory tactile synesthesia. Um, okay. Basically, it says low-grade euphoria characterized by a combination of positive feelings and distinct static-like tingling sensation on the skin. Um, a genre of videos which intend to stimulate ASMR have emerged. So it's supposed to stimulate that feeling. Sure. Uh, or drink some, some beer. Yeah. Somebody's, somebody's <laughs> awesome. It's just not mine. All right. So, Andy, you had a 7.2? I believe I had a 7.2. Mike, 
we got far removed from the uh, ratings there. Why don't you bring us back an, around? I'm going to give it an ASMR rating. Of, no, um, it's I like it. I am freaking fascinated by the sediment. I have never ever had a beer yeah. that looks like a gelatinous ooze, but drinks <laughs> like a water. It is weird to me. Fascinating, um, for sure. It is. Uh, it's it's not my favorite. Being that Andy keeps cracking him, I'm going to say he likes it. <laughs> he's, a, he's an IPA guy. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to give it a uh, seven. I'm going to rate this specifically in the category of ASMR, whatever it is. No, specifically <laughs> the category of IPAs. Um, as far as IPAs go, I think this is quite excellent. Again, I'm realizing more and more how spoiled we are in Nashville. We really do have amazing breweries here. The more I travel, the more beers I have elsewhere. The more I go, that's eh, all right, but it's no this person or this person, just depending on what style of beer it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the categories of IPAs, I'll give it a seven point nine. I think it's pretty damn solid. Uh, I, I, it's, it's almost one of those styles where I hate to just put it on a general scale. I, I've, I've been thinking a lot about it recently. How I haven't done that enough in the show of I'll just give a beer a rating. And really, I should be rating it within that style of beer. Because to me, that makes all the difference in the world. Because everyone's taste buds are different. People mm-hmm. like different things. I, I, I've said I'm not a huge hophead. So it's hard for me to go, well, on a scale of all the beers I like, this is like a four. Mm-hmm. But I can't do that because it's it's an IPA. And so it needs to be kind of its own separating. So yeah, I'm going to give it like on an IPA scale, good 7.9. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah, it was, it was a fun little purchase for not knowing what we were getting into, right? I'd say you won. If you if you rolled the uh, the dice yeah. uh, or you bought the ticket, this was a beer lotto win. It's a, it, it's a good craft beer. I feel yeah. like we get kind of get clouded with a bunch of other people making craft style beer. I mean, it does definitely feel like they're brewing beer with intention. Yeah. And the first thing that I'm going to buy it's from... Done, it's done solidly well. Yeah, the first beer that I'm going to buy after this one from this brewery... We'll do the basement. basement. Yeah. Just wanted, got to. If this is if this is solid, I can't imagine. I mean, how great the beer is that made them. I, yeah, I think it's just straight, it's like Citra IPA without all the additions would probably be because I feel like that's probably where it's getting some of its dryness and bitterness is possibly the fruit mm-hmm. and just that acid, mm-hmm. you know, that cit- cit- citric acid. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I like it again. Going back to the balance of the the juicy to dry, it's it's a good ratio of a little bit of both. Normally, you get an IPA and it's dry. Or juicy. Right. And this magically does both, kind of the same way it magically suspends the particles. It's the gelatinous aspect of it. <laughs> All right. I hear a road trip. I don't know. We may have to go and check this brewery out. Maybe that's we'll all, that's y'all, y'all. I do not set foot in Atlanta unless I have to. <laughs> West Atlanta. West Atlanta. I don't care. As long as, you know, as long as I'm not the one driving, I'm probably going to be okay. Well, like I, just refuse, I just refuse to drive in Atlanta traffic. Ah, I've dealt with it so much. Matt, Nashville's getting bad enough. <laughs> I'm out. Are you the true scofflaw of Atlanta? You have all the parking tickets. That's why you don't drive <laughs> in Atlanta. No, that's just Premier Parking in Nashville. Oh, no. oh, Premier Parking, I hope you're listening. I hate you so much. So I got a great story about Premier Parking. Oh, I, got a, I got a couple. Hey, okay. hey, for all those listening, the first ticket you can throw away. They don't report you to credit like they threaten to. The second ticket, you can do the same damn thing. Now, the third ticket, they will boot your ass, so you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. But if you, by that point, hopefully it's been enough years, and you get a new car, just get a new license plate, they got a whole new uh, system, and then you can't be tracked. That's funny. Are we advocating for um, 
Scoff laws? Scoff laws? <laughs> yes, How we are. appropriate. I'm an outlaw. <laughs> I'm an outlaw. I'm a scoff law. Uh, no, so uh, I, I, I wish I would have known that at the time. So Stacy had taken my car and had driven downtown to meet a friend, parked in one of them, went out, got a ticket. She, was, she had stayed longer than she had paid. And I went, I was like, oh, man, because I'm down there all the time having business meetings with clients and whatnot. And so I, I was like, man, I got to pay it. I paid the ticket. And then two days later, the car got totaled. Oh. Tag, no longer valid. Oh. I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> no, my, mine is. I could have saved the money. My, my, my little tail for Premier Parking here to go with this ale, and I'll wrap it up, uh, maybe, uh, is I was doing a charity event, bartending at a charity event. And I paid my $20 for four hours, and I was there five hours, and I came out to a $60 ticket. Yep. And I told, I called him up. I was like, look, I'm happy to pay what I'm due. I understand there's a late fee. You know, the, it averaged out to be $5 an hour. I'll give you $10. I'll pay you double the hourly rate that I was there for to make up for being there late. But $60, three times the amount it cost me to park there for four hours, and was there an extra hour. And they told me, sir, we can't do that. We're going to report you to credit if we don't. What if you paid zero dollars and you just parked there and got a sixty dollar ticket? You would have been pretty close, huh? Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. So I mean, I should have just done that and saved myself the twenty dollars. There you go. And, you know, I offered them to, to pay money, and they said no, you can pay all of it or you can pay none of it. So I said I'm going to pay none of it. Bye. There you go. There's your answer. Yeah, I agree. And that's my premier parking story. Yeah, take it from the scofflaw himself. Yeah, go. I'm a rebel. <laughs> so for this scofflaw episode, that's up to you. We ain't advocating. Anything, however. <laughs> Enjoy. We will advocate drinking some the scoff law. Of of I'm not going to say my name now that I've uh, been blasting the parking. They'll have to look for it. You know, there's these opinions of Ben do not represent the views and opinions of the Yales and Tales podcast. There's probably a, a premier parking uh, individual that uh, is listening to the podcast who's probably laughing so. and finds this because he doesn't care either. Guys. Y'all. Enjoy being a scofflaw. We ain't advocating it, but drink some scofflaw. Ain't too bad. Drink a lot.